What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Yo, what is going on, everybody? Happy Monday! Woo! We are back at it, ready for another week. Let's go Monday afternoon, 12.01 p.m. Eastern. Shout out to everybody hanging out with us in the chat. Smash the like, share the stream. Tell us what you're looking at today because you are now joining the Power Hour. This is the Trade Idea Show, okay? We're, we're spending these 60 minutes together every single day for one reason. We want there to be no better trade idea resource out there. Tell your friends this is where the ideas are flying. Every single show, we're dropping five ideas. They're trades that we're making. We're trades that our, our guests are making. We're trades that AB's making, that Jason's making, etc. So, so let's dive straight into it, guys. Agenda for today. Uh, we have we have three stocks to talk about right up top. Three three hot trade ideas to talk about right up top. We're going to be getting to those in just a minute. In about ten minutes from now. Young Investor is going to be joining us, hopping on the stream, taking us through his favorite picks. Uh, and then at 12.30, Shinobi Signals is going to be joining and dropping some of his swing trades, okay? So so, so I've got my three swing trades I'm going to be, be talking through in just a minute here. Young Investor is going to be taking more of a long-term investment idea type approach. And then Shinobi Signals is, is going to be dropping in uh, some of his swing trade ideas. So, so it's it's going to be pretty packed today, Bruce or AB. How, how does that sound to you? I'm pumped. I mean, like always, Luke, we're going to have some some trade ideas flying in the chat today, flying from the Benzinga Power Hour. Um, and let us know. I mean, call us out if you don't like the trades we're making. But I'm excited. Right off the bat, we got Spirit Airlines pulled up, ticker S-A-V-E. Um, and, and Luke, what's your thesis on Spirit Airlines? All right, so 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 here's the deal with Spirit Airlines. This is a swing trade that we hit long on Friday. Okay, we 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 hit hit it long on Friday. This is a one year chart, daily candles of Spirit Airlines. Here's the thesis in short. Okay, whenever I I I pick a stock, buy a stock, I need two things. What are they? Ab, I need a story and numbers. I didn't give you a chance to answer. Those are the two say. things that I need. All right, and and for everybody who's just joining us, coming over from the other show. We're just diving straight into three hot trade ideas, three hot swing trades right up front, uh, and then young investors joining us in Shinobi Signal. So, so we're going for 10 ideas today, okay? That's what we're going for on the Power Hour. Um, but all right, Spirit, swing trade we, we, we hit on Friday. Stock was down. It was down about 4% when we got into it. The, the, the news, I'm going to zoom us in. The, this is this big red candle from Friday. The news that came out basically was that Spirit canceled about 50% of their flights, okay? It's a shit ton of flights. Here's why why that was a story that I wanted to buy the dip on is is I think that Spirit Airlines is basically like cigarette companies from the 1950s. 
You may not like what it does to you or your body, but people are hooked and they are not going to stop booking those Spirit Airlines flights. So I bought into the weakness. That's the story side of things. Uh, on the number side of things, check this out. We, we have a low right down here, 26, 24 and a half. That, that, that's the low that, that we're watching on Spirit. We're going to stop out if we fall below this. Uh, but otherwise, the hope, if the trade works out well for us, is that we will bounce off of this low and get a nice little swing trade here. So, so, so that's the move on Spirit. I am long it. We bought the common stock. So I'm going to throw this one out to the chat, guys. This is interactive. We're dropping ideas. We need that instant feedback, so put it in there. If you guys like the Spirit Airlines trade, hit the one. If not, hit the two. Again, entered it Friday. It's a swing trade still sitting in it. Story, canceled flight, stock sold off, buying the weakness there. Don't think it'll impact financials. Uh, numbers were coming right up on this big line of support. AB, thoughts? You know, Luke, I, I've been kind of staying away from the reopening trade recently, just with the increased fears regarding the, the Delta variant. Um, but, you know, this is one that that I think if it gets beaten down a little bit further that I'm going to get in on. All right. So, so, so your mix on it. I see it in the chat. Poor participation. That, that's horrible, guys. Okay. Poor participation. We got a lot of twos. Everybody who did participate did not like the twos. I see somebody in the chat saying, anybody figure out why the flights were canceled? Spirit blamed it on an array of reasons. They said tech issues, staff shortages, weather, et cetera. It was all BS, okay? Yeah, we, we, we saw that a couple weeks ago. Um, I believe it was Southwest had a lot of flights canceled, and there was some tech issue from, from a third-party company that was to blame, you know, but I think right now we're seeing more and more flights getting canceled across the board. Um, and, and Luke, I personally, I like to invest in companies that I am, am a customer of. So if I go out and buy plane tickets, I'm not looking at Spirit as my first choice. No way. That is bullshit. It's All right, let's ask this bullshit. one in the chat. It, who, who here within the past one year, and granted it's a weird COVID year, uh, took a spirit flight. I did at some point. I guarantee it. I, I, I have there's to, just times where the cheapest flight is $700 and then there's a hundred dollar spirit ticket. That just yeah. happens. The and, world and, just works like that. And shout out Luke Jacoby. I had a, uh, I actually flew spirit out of Detroit one time when Luke and I were going to the airport together and I was trying to avoid the, the spirit hassle of having to pay for extra bags. And Luke said, pro tip, if you just wait, Till right when the flight is boarding and you just rush through the gate with your bags, they will not charge you. I did exactly that. It worked perfectly. I was the last person to board. I saved 60 bucks of bag fees thanks to Luke Jacoby. So not only does this guy have hot stock picks, but he's got hot travel tips as well. Yes, you... th that, that is the move, okay? So go, yes, go so through it one more time. Is, is, it, is, is it as simple as waiting till, till like the very last minute and then you All just... Right. And, and so for anybody who's just joining us, I got long spirit on a swing trade on Friday. We just talked through the thesis on that. Now we're talking the the spirit travel hack. Uh, and so here's what it is. When, when, whenever you have a carry on for spirit, they charge you for it. I don't think there's any other major domestic airlines that charge you for that carry on. Um, and and so, so here's how you get around the spirit overcharging on the carry on is you, you wait till the flight is, is fully boarded. There's nobody left. They're doing the final call before they're about to close the door. And you just run up there out of nowhere, scan your thing, and keep going. Don't even give them a chance to bring it up. 
obviously have your bag like at your side, you know, on the opposite side. You come running in. You're the last one. So sorry, I'm late. Beep. Boom. On the flight. No extra charge. Boom. Uh, hopefully we don't have any executives from Spirit Airlines tuning in right now. Otherwise, that hack may be, uh, you know, they they might start enforcing that a little harder. But we, we've got a lot of pro tips on this show. So if, if, you, if you're looking for more tips, Luke is full of them. Um, but all right, Luke. So, so we got all to right, Spirit so Airlines. Trade one. Trade two. We're doing three three swing trades, three minutes, guys. A fun little game I like to play. This is a, a risky game, but a fun game that I like to play is I like to filter through all the stocks that are reporting earnings every quarter and each week have one earnings play. Last week, our play was carparts.com, ticker PRTS. Uh, we're sticking with the stock uh, after earnings, but we nailed that one. Look at this run up after earnings. Monster 20% jump in share price. Stock is tripped up at these all-time highs, but we are sticking with it for now. Um, so so carparts.com, that was last week. This upcoming week, ticker, let's get a little fake drum roll. Right, rocket companies. That that's my trade. All right, guys. Here, here's a one-year daily candle chart. I'm gonna zoom us in because there was a couple weird days in there. Uh, but but here is the chart of rocket companies. They are reporting earnings after the close on Thursday. Uh, th- this is the stock that I am loading into and going to trade long uh, into their earnings report on Thursday. Couple of things going on here. One, I think that the estimates for this quarter are really light. So check this out. Estimated revenue for Rocket is $2.9 billion. Look at how much they put up in all the preceding quarters. You know, the, the, the decline in revenue is due to, due to softer refinance market, due to a little bit of softer home buying market. Uh, but keep in mind the quarter that, that we're going to be getting this report from. It's, it's, it's going to be April, May, June. But, what, was that slower than the preceding quarter? Probably a little bit. But guys, the, the housing market was still hot. Uh, let me tell you the second reason why I'm getting into this name on the earnings report. We're going to look at the income statement. All right. Last quarter, the company put up four and a half billion dollars of revenue. I want to show you how much net income they put up. Let's where is this line item? There it is. Boom. Put it put up a uh, hundred and twenty three million of net income uh, income before tax because there were some weird tax things going on. Two point eight billion dollars. OK. That, that is a ton of money. What is the ticker for this? The ticker is RKT, and yes, it is Rocket Mortgage, okay? So their EBITDA last quarter, $2.8 billion. I think there's a decent shot that we get a buyback or a special dividend in this report. They've already done both of those in previous earnings reports. It does not seem like the market is pricing in that they will do it again. But again, I, I think that they have a good shot at blowing out the estimates on the sales side. I think that they're going to put up a ton of cash flow. And we'll hopefully get a buyback or a special dividend. So, so we're we're one for one on our earnings picks. Hopefully, we'll go two for two after this week. Opinions on Rocket, guys. RKT, if you like it, drop the one in the chat. If not, drop the two. I want to see where everybody's at. Yeah, I want to know just in general, kind of with our chat, what's been going on in the in the real estate market this past year. Have you? Has anyone in the chat? Drop a one in the chat if you have bought or sold a home in the I last did. year. I know Luke Jacoby did. Um, so I, I think that this has been just an incredible time for not not just home buyers, but home sellers have just been selling houses so quickly compared to how long a house is usually listed on the market. 
Um, Again, the, the 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 forecast by analysts is that they're going to drop from four and a half billion of sales to two point nine billion of sales. Keep in mind the quarter that they're reporting for April, May, June, spring home buying, summer home buying there. I think that there's almost no way that they miss that number. And Rocket has beat every single quarter that they've been a public company. Keep that in mind, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's important too, Luke, looking at what a company has historically done on earnings. Um, and then there are certain companies that just blow earnings out of the water consistently. And I like betting on the side of history. Yep. Boom. All right. We have our first guest of the day ready. So there you guys have it. This is the Power Hour. This is the Trade Idea Show. We just hammered through two picks. We're sticking with Save. We're sticking with Rocket. We even threw in the bonuscarparts.com. We talked about that one at length last week, so we won't dig into it a ton this week unless we get some serious breakout. But let's go ahead and bring our first guest of the day on the show, our favorite young investor. What is going on, young investor? How are you doing today? I'm doing well, especially the movements in peak. Uh, peak, Luke, how are you doing? We're doing well. Let's dive right into peak. Uh, one second, and somebody in the chat, we just for one second, we talked about Rocket a second ago. They're like uh, United Wholesale off a of Rocket Pop. It's definitely a sympathy play there. Um, but young investor, let's go. If you guys don't know young investor, uh, he is our now 13, I believe, right? Yep. 13-year-old stock picker doing deep DD, digging into companies that we've never heard about, and, and given a very thorough thesis on those. Uh, you, you just alluded to peak. You like the move in there today. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pull that chart up. It's what? PKKFF? Yep. All right. PKKFF. Stock is up 17.5% today. Can you tell us what the company is, why you like it, and what is going on today? Yeah, so peak has been on fire recently. So I think we're over 83% last month. So, you know, we've been really on fire recently. So you don't know, effectively, Peak um, is a Canadian-based company headquartered in Canada. It's right now solely operating out of China. Basically, if you're a small business owner in China, you would go onto the Peak app. You know, for example, I'll talk about some of the other possibilities about how they get these customers in a minute. You would go onto the Peak uh, mobile app. You type in all the details about why you want the loan, you know, your financial situation currently, and Peak will then match you with somebody who'd be willing to lend to you, and then they will connect you to a major Chinese financial institution. So then Peak would then take a 1% to 4% fee out of that. Peak so so basically it's a loan originator, right? Like they yeah, create the interface and the customer experience yeah. for small businesses to get loans, correct? Yeah. So Peak have already signed deals with J.com, ShopEx, and one of the big, and the biggest food manufacturer in China, and one of, one of the biggest in the whole world. So effectively the people who supply to J.com ShopEx, if they need to get lending, Peak have signed a partnership with JD.com and these companies for you to be able to go onto the Peak app, you know, say, you know, you're with JD and basically you want a loan for, let's say, a short-term loan of eight weeks to be able to get some supplies to JD.com for, let's say, a big festival such as the 618 Festival, which we had recently um, in China, which was one of the Peak's highest volume uh, weekends ever. So as we can see, you know, Peak's really been on fire, but I do still believe this is a very cheap company. So, you know, first I'll address the matter, which always lies in the room whenever I talk about the stock. It's a China issue. It's China, China, China. You know, we all see what happened. We've all seen what's happened with Diddy, um, Alibaba recently. I'm long, Didi. 
<laughs> yeah, but you know, we've all seen it. We've all seen, you know, the concerns which people have. Well, right now the Chinese government is primary primarily cracking down on companies which store users' data. So companies like Didi will store your data, you know, everywhere you've been on their app, you know, on their technology. Peak do not do that, which takes them kind of out the picture to be able to be cracked down by the Chinese government. Another strong sign that Peak are not at risk being taken down by the Chinese government, which is a you know a great deal in itself, is they recently um, they have a small subsidiary, so UnionPay, which is kind of the biggest credit card network in the whole of China, one of the biggest companies controlled by the Chinese government. They are operating, they have a subsidiary called Rongbang, which is effectively working with Peak on the trial. And, you know, they, um, they've been doing it for a fair few kind of higher profile people, you know, a few select clients who may want to be able to get loans from Peak on their website and on the app. So they've already it already picked up substantially in June. According to their press release at the time, it was around 1,200 transactions during the month. Now, the important thing about this is then UnionPay, effectively for their subsidiary Rongbang, they asked Peak to take a stake in this company. Now, a Chinese, basically a Chinese-owned, Chinese-controlled entity asking a super small company like Peak to be able to take a small stake, which was less than 1% of Rongbang for approximately Canadian $500,000. So, so UnionPay invested 500k in Peak, is that accurate? No. So basically, uh, UnionPay have a subsidiary called Rongbang. Okay. So now Peak have a partnership. And Union Pay is huge, just yeah, for, for all very, huge, very huge important. massive Chinese payment company. Yeah, one of the biggest companies literally in the whole of China. So they have a subsidiary called Rongbang. Now Peak have a trial with Rongbang, currently for their full app with a few select clients, which should pick up substantially the amount of clients who are lending on the on the uh, trial. So then uh, Union Pay asked Peak FinTech Group to take a one uh, less than one percent stake in Rongbang for around Canadian $500,000. The important thing about this is the biggest payment, basically the biggest payment provider in the whole of China, controlled by a Chinese government, have asked Peak to take a small stake on subsidiaries, really strengthening the relationship which they have. And it also allows Peak, when they go into meetings with a lot bigger companies, to say, look, we've already got partnership with UnionPay. We also have a stake in the UnionPay entity, which we were asked to, which also shows that, you know, in effect, they've got confidence in the Chinese government and people will want to work with them more. We've also had news they will be launching. So, for example, they have a few different hubs for different areas, kind of um, materials. So they're now planning to launch a new steel trading platform. And this is just some of the news they've had, as well as opening two new offices in Gongsu and in that kind of um, region. And one important thing is one of these offices are like right next to Alibaba. So, you know, I really think peak. It's really strengthening that relationship with the government and with foreign expansion soon to, soon to come for this company, hopefully by the end of the year, um, for North America and then across the world. And, and Young Investor, thing. I got to drop an air horn for you. <laughs> because you first pitched this stock on this show when the, the price was somewhere around $2. I don't know exactly what the price was, but it was somewhere around 2 bucks, and we crossed 6 this morning. Yeah, so they did, they did have a two-form reverse split. So I think the stock's almost still up around double, so I think around 85%, 90, uh, 85%, 86% since I've talked about it. But this two-form reverse split, they have now done the NASDAQ requirements needed with the share price. As we can see, it's been on fire. And we have, you know, with this, we can expect... So we have an uplisting. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we uplist into NASDAQ, which gives them a greater institutional value within the stock. So lots more institutions will be able to buy them. A lot more investors will be able to buy them. And you've got to remember, the amount of people peak are working with in China are huge. The amount of people seeing this product are huge. There are plenty of Chinese investors. From one of your stocks, I believe, Luke and Tiger, Tiger Holdings, you know, so many others, I think maybe Futu, you know, will be able to buy this stock. You know, so many people are seeing it. If investors in China can now get into this stock when we uplist, we've already met all the requirements now. It's imminent at the end of this month. We should have been uplist. We should uplist in Nasdaq. And it has has the company given that thing. timeline for uplist, or or is that your estimate that it'll be end of this month that we get that uplisting? Yeah. So we've been told the uplist will be in about a month, a month or so. Okay. Excellent. All right. That that never hurts. Um. And and so so where are you at with it now? I, I'm yeah. I'm guessing based on what you're saying, you're up. Oh, you know, damn near a hundred percent on your holding. You are staying long and strong. Is that accurate? I'm staying long and strong. I believe this is an extremely undervalued company for what the other companies are out there. I believe right now we're still we're still talking about a three, four price sales on peak, maybe even less. So this is a company which, in my opinion, is phenomenally cheap. The price, the growth, the foreign what, expansion. What, what, what is revenue up to? Pardon? Revenue? What, what's the revenue at? Okay. So this year, we're expecting 106 million Canadian uh, markups in Canadian as well. And then the year after that, we're expecting oh, just around, I think it's 323 million in revenue. So this is also, you know, and then I think we're expecting around 500 in 2025. Now, this is all trying to, now, you know, this sounds like SPAC valuations. You know, not SPAC valuation necessarily, a SPAC kind of revenue target, that made up revenue target. When you dig deep into it, the amount of cities peak we're in right now, I think that they are around 50 or 60 now, maybe in the 40s, you know, Pico only penetrated a small portion of China at the current uh, current time. And this company, I believe, still has huge potential to expand all across China, and then with foreign expansion added to that. And even if, in theory, they did disappoint on, let's say, the Chinese earnings in 2025, I'm sure any uh, foreign um, foreign earnings will be able to get that back up to that number. You know, as we see foreign expansion to this company, this could be a truly multi-global company. I'm sure in a few years, this market cap will be well into the billions. All right. So so let me ask you one more question. When you found the stock, it was like a 200 million market cap o- mm-hmm. OTC listed. Uh, you know, it, it's it's Chinese based or Chinese operating rather. How mm-hmm. did you find this? You know, I, you know, shout out to the people and stock fam, I'm sure they're here. So you know, I get told about a lot of things. Okay. You know, by different people and I was recommended by someone in the chat today uh, Mike Penny Loaded he told me about this originally you know he said you know l- you know look into the stock so you know, I get a lot of requests on a weekly basis so I don't really you know I saw some key figures that she was putting out which I'm going to say so, seemed a bit ridiculous at the time I did I did the DD into this company and you know and stock fam had done an amazing interview with the CEO JJ I talked to him for a few minutes on this very show a few weeks ago so, you know, this really is a stock, you know, if you want to start, you know, go to one of these places, you know, they're filled with excellent DD, which is really forms the basis of why these people are in it. You know, there are plenty of places to find out about Peak, you know. It's not one of those murky OTC companies you had to go and dig super far hard, um, hard into just to find the basic numbers. This is a phenomenal company, you know, with a phenomenal group of investors behind it. It's supporting yeah. the company. And, and, and I got to say this one. I got to throw this one out to the chat too, guys. Young investor pitched the stock to us when he was 12 years old. 
I don't know what you guys were doing when you were 12, but I sure as shit was not reading SEC filings and pitching. Or sure, sure as heck was not reading SEC filings and pitching stocks like this. Okay, so big round of investor, for a big round of applause for your investor. Drop those clapping emojis in the chat. I mean, pick pick the doubler. Again, he first pitched us this one when he was 12, and it was not the first winning stock he's pitched us. Um, I want to ask you about one more. Uh, App Harvest. It, it, it's one that, that you've talked about before. We have earnings in two days. Do you have any opinions on this one into their earnings report? Yes, yeah, so I'm obviously, you know, App Harvest is one of the smaller positions in my portfolio. I've got a few smaller holdings, but yeah, I'm really hopeful going to this earnings, earnings report. We're not going to be seeing real App Harvest revenues till I would say 2022, 2023. They did do a raise recently to be able to get and uh, to be able to reach that kind of six kind of different centers across, you know, di- different states and, you know, really in the heart of the United States. So, you know, I'm really hopeful for App Harvest. We've also seen SG blocks recently. And uh, App Harvest really... is is a, uh, uh, it's basically yeah. like an indoor farming company, correct? Yeah. And they're able I'm to grow. through their website now. Yeah, they're able to grow food, I think. So right now they're only growing tomatoes. They're able to grow these tomatoes. I think it's around three to four times faster, you know. It's phenomenal technology they've got, you know, other stocks, you know, SG blocks being on fire. I think... I talked about them around the $3 zone. I did actually sell out recently around the $4, but I think they hit a high around five fifty. But what's the ticker on that one? SGBX. There we go. Thank you. And remind me what this stock was again. Yes, this was the container company. Right. Yes, this one was really cool. Let me find the pictures yeah. of that. And this was the company when I pitched it. had basically the market cap in cash um, when when I pitched it to everyone here. Right, right, right. So, I know, remember that. No, market cap in assets, actually. So, you know, Guys, check this out. This is everybody's dream job, I think. Every, literally everybody watching this, including myself. They take yeah. old shipping containers and turn them into stores and residences. It's so cool. And this, so is, one cool. Of those, this is one of those companies which have so many different uses. Homes, they've got partnerships with the US government. You can create Starbucks, Puma, different types of stores out of these shipping containers. As the people watching the show can see here, don't look all that bad, you know. They don't look like an ugly shipping container. They look like amazing pieces, you know. Yeah, so like check really out the Starbucks. The Starbucks yeah. thing is sweet. Starbucks, look at that. You know, you can't really say that's the location which you think, oh, that looks all manky, you know. But you know, these projects really do look really nice. You know, some of the, you know my portfolio personally has been on fire recently, but yeah, I think we just still got a lot of upside to come in these stocks. Okay, so you still uh, like the stock? You said you sold it, but you still like yeah. it. I sold that a nice profit, but I do still like this stock really much. I actually sold the I sold the stock and put the money into Peak. You know, Peak is my number one stock right now in terms of you know profit in the next you know three to five years going forward. But yeah, there's so many other stocks out there which are really uh, really under the radar. You know, stocks like this, I do think have the potential to really explode also in the coming years. All right, and young investor, we're we're going to have to hop off in a minute here. But do you have anything new that we haven't talked about so far? We we talked about Peak. Talked about app harvest. We talked about SG blocks. I don't know if there's anything else that uh, that is catching your eye. So apart from the stuff I've already talked about before, Clean Spark, which um, you know I'll note this on Clean Spark. You know I think a lot of people have already heard of stock. Yep. They were profitable in Q1. One. Yeah. So they were profitable in Q1 the stock. I will say we're expecting actually a loss this quarter instead. This is not a loss on operations because they held Bitcoin. They now had to register as a tax loss, even though they haven't sold. That counts as a loss actually on their income. And um, you know, um, income is a loss. So you they will be recording a loss on operations, they should be profitable. 
That's great. I mean, if they still hold the Bitcoin, all it is is it's a tax tax mechanism. Exactly. They get a tax benefit there as well. Yes. Not having to pay taxes, maybe get a small rebate. So, you know, that's actually actually good for them. You know, we'll see how the stock reacts. That you don't get the investors always doing that, you know, really looking into, you know, that loss and why that loss happened. But yeah, this is a stock I really like. I think if they reach their uh, current projection around, I think it's nine Bitcoins a day by the end of this year, that's around $135 million a year alone for this company. It's got, I think, $150 million in cash pot in Q1, $474 million market cap. I love this stock. I love this stock as well. This makes up a good portion of my portfolio. I think it makes about 13%. And the thing that I think is compelling about CleanSpark, too, is that you have both the the SaaS microgrid Mm. business. They they do software as a service for microgrids. If you haven't looked into microgrids, check it out. It's a pretty cool concept. But they do the SaaS for that. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then they also do the the, the Bitcoin mining. And the the stock trades with that price of Bitcoin very closely, as we can see from the pop today. Yeah, and you can also use the microgrids to be able to sell microgrids and their current technology of Bitcoin mining, which has one that is the lowest carbon-free mines per Bitcoin right now. You can combine those together, sell them to the other blockchain companies currently, who obviously want to lower their costs. Don't don't quote me on this, but I believe Mara or Riots are on twenty thousand dollars per Bitcoin. This company's at six thousand. You know, this technology can also be leveraged with other companies. Awesome. I'd, I'd, I'd be curious. I don't know if we have anything. I know um, part of the, the infrastructure bill coming through mm-hmm. the states right now that the Senate is voting on tomorrow uh, has to do with the energy grid. So I'm curious if there's anything with microgrid in there. So I'll have to go dig deep in there and see if there's anything in the infrastructure bill that could give CleanSpark a nice little boost. Yeah, but I mean, you know, when you look at the profit on Bitcoin right now, which they're achieving anyway, you know, Bitcoin's not going back to 6,000 in my opinion combined with microgrids this is just one there's an, an, another fantastic opportunity you know, in my portfolio yeah and then zach going back to the uh to the sg blocks mm-hmm. do you know so right now in the global market shipping can shipping container mm-hmm. rates are like super expensive yeah um so i don't know how that's impacting the company because i'm sure they try to get good deals on the shipping container so maybe they've slowed down their production as they're waiting for the prices of shipping containers to fall yeah, so on SG blocks, from what I kept up to date with the company, we had that arise. They mainly, mainly bait, uh, buy theirs from the United States. So these are old, um, unused shipping containers, which can be used on a, another ve- vessel anymore. I'll also say we're in their uh, financial statements on the SEC, which I was reading up. They have a fair bit, which is not in cash. So for a company which you know is moderately small apart from a factory, I would have seen they already had quite a supply of containers they were needing to start making so i think they do have a little a little bit of run rate in terms of containers they've already brought you know, from what i read from the sec filings and kind of what i interpreted got it yeah i mean I, i'm just thinking that as uh what's so special about hero bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. 
Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Shipping container prices fall. This stock could get even more interesting as they're able to kind of up yeah. their production by finding more and more suitable containers that, that are cheaper and in their price range versus right now, they're probably paying way more out of pocket per container yeah. than they would like to, even if they are, um, you know, not being used currently. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And I think there's some of those small little companies which are really making a difference, you know, buying these um, unused shipping containers. And I absolutely love some of these smaller stocks right now. I think there's so many opportunities in market, both stocks like Peak, SG Blocks, you know, another smaller stock, Clean Spark. There's just so many opportunities um, right, right now waiting to be fairly valued. A hundred percent. Well, well, thank you again, uh, Young Investor, for hopping on the show. And Zinger Nation out there, please smash the like for Young Investor. If you're not going to do it for, for Luke, if you're not going to do it for me, do it for Young Investor. I, I think it's very impressive what he's doing. I certainly thank wasn't you. doing this at 12, 13 years old. So Young Investor, just keep it up. Keep up what you're doing. We're all fans here. I really appreciate it. And, you know, thank you, um, Amy and uh, Luke. Really appreciate it as always. Of course. Always reach out when you have uh, new stocks you're looking at. Of course. All right. That was Mr. Young Investor joining us from England. A very interest, some very interesting stock picks today. We, we checked up on Peak, which he originally gave on the Power Hour a couple months ago. It's seen about 100% gain since then. We also checked out SG Blocks as well as CleanSpark. Um, but we do have our next guest here. So without further ado, let's go ahead. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Shinobi, what's up, man? Yo, what's up? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, what's up, man? Not a whole lot. So we got Shinobi <laughs> Signals coming back on the power with, hour with us. Um, Shinobi, for anyone who might be tuning in for the first time uh, with you on the show, can we go over some of the stocks that you, you've previously talked about on the show before? Yeah, um, starting off, we called Clorox, uh, CLX. Um, let me pull up the chart. Yeah, we called Clorox when it was around like 175, and then it ran all the way to like 192. Uh, you know, we called it before Jim Cramer, <laughs> uh, that big uh, spike you see. Uh, this one back here? No, 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 right after that. Oh, down yeah. here? No, a little little more to the right. Uh, Right here? Something like that. Something no, like that. It was in July. So you see where it says July? Right uh, there. That first big green can off. Yeah, right there. Right got there. it. That was yeah. us. <laughs> That's where we called that. We had um Home Depot HD. Uh, we called that around like 315 and it ran to like 336. Um, you know, we're playing I played options on these, so you know, my gains were uh, leveraged uh compared to just the stock price and then we called um the only loser i had so far was corsair crsr and you know it was holding this demand zone for the longest time and then you know it broke under went from like 30 to 28 you know not a big you know percentage drop but you know wasn't expecting that i was hoping for a bounce but you know nonetheless you know it went from 30 to 32 then went back to the 28s so i mean it was green before it went red, uh red so yeah <laughs> definitely it's always i trade options too shinobi and it's always hard you know when you have a trade that's profitable but you, you're still bought into the thesis like this should run further so i'm going to hold on to these calls of course that's kind of a position where you can sell some keep some um but yeah so i, I want to go through a couple things shinobi a 
just about your general strategy. Like what signals are you looking at when you see something like Clorox, Home Depot, Corsair that looks like, okay, this is an opportunity where it looks like this stock could run. Um, and then two, I want to get in to see if you have anything on your watch list right now, any stocks that look enticing to you at, at the current time. Uh, yeah. So um, I'm about to share my screen real quick. Uh, I'll show yeah, you. go for it. Yeah. So uh, let me know if you guys have it pulled up and I'll just start. Yep. I'm pulling it up right here. So All we're right. looking at Clorox right now. Yeah. So let me show you guys, uh, you know, my main thought process when I'm looking at stocks right now. So, you know, my strategy always changes with the market. Uh, right now, we saw, you know, a huge beat down uh, from January into, you know, now, even with the hot market last month, we're still seeing some stocks recover. So what I mainly look for is downtrends like these. So I'm going to actually make this a little thicker so you guys can see. So downtrends like these that are being broken. And usually you can see when they break with decent amount of volume and they have like some sort of squeeze going on. You can use the TTM squeeze, uh, which is a free indicator on Thinkorswim. You can, you know, that's how you identify squeezes. Uh, I'll usually play the the uptrend or the downtrend break and then I'll enter a call position here and slowly scale in. So, you know, when it breaks a resistance like 180 right here, I'll add in more. And then, you know, when it pops, I'll scale some, I'll add back. So mainly what I'm looking for is just downtrend breaks like these for like longer swings, you know, and, you know, those those have been working very, very well. Um, also, I like playing gap fills a lot. So I'm going to another stock like uh, or actually like I like playing stocks on the daily. Right. So the daily chart is my favorite thing to look at because I can enter two to three weeks out. And, you know, the implied move on the daily is usually, you know, going to be a nice move on the stock, right? So it's not going to be, you know, we're not playing for pennies when we're, you know, trading on the daily. So right here, you know, Roblox had this falling wedge type shape. And when it broke out, um, people like Lockheed, Prophecy, you know, me, we all called this out. Uh, Roblox, we called this downturn break. I actually added on this um, retest. So there's two things that happen, right? A stock breaks that downtrend or that pattern. It initially breaks up and it'll keep going up or it breaks out, then comes to retest that level. And then you use that as a confirmation, uh, you know, to add more. So right here, you can see that this candle right here, when it came to retest was actually very low volume. So this red candle, you know, didn't have that much, you know, fire behind it. So we added back here and then you can see we picked up a nice 400% gainer today on a Roblox. And so is that, is that a good sign to you? If you see a green candle on not a lot of volume? No, this was, this was a red candle, right? This is a red candle right here. It's oh, just okay. um, the I candles see. paint uh, with the trend, right? So if it's an uptrend, the candles are going to be green. If it's in a downtrend, they're going to be red. So the hollow candles are green candles and the filled in candles are red candles. Got it. I see what uh, you're yeah. saying now. Yeah. So if it's a red, if it's a red candle on low volume, that's usually an indication that the move isn't that strong and that, you know, and if it's in still in, in a uptrend, that means, you know, it's, it's really not a confident move by like, you know, whatever's moving it. So you can always, uh, you know, add on those. And that's, you know, what I did here. And, you know, we got paid 400% today. That was awesome. Uh, and are, and are you not on your options, or, or is that what you're mainly doing, looking out like two to three weeks? Yeah. So, you know, I like to um, I like to size heavier, right? So uh, with options, it becomes difficult, especially on like lower uh, small cap ones. So I'm really looking at big companies like Roblox, Clorox, HD, to where, you know, I can enter a big position. And, you know, when it makes that... Um, that move, you know, that move that we need it to make that I can, I can get in and out of my options, you know, fairly quickly because, you know, I'll be able to get filled because now you see a lot of Roblox option flow coming in, you know? So it's, it's, it's pretty, that's like what I like to play on like larger companies. 
A hundred percent. And so with options, I mean, are you mainly looking at stocks like Roblox, Roblox that have good volatility? Um, or, you know, I know Clorox does too. Um, but something that I see a lot of traders that are newer, they'll start trading options on everything and not realizing that there are kind of some stocks that are better to trade options with than others. Yeah, man. So what people have to understand is, you know, when you, when you buy something, someone else is selling it to you, you know? And then when you sell something, someone else is buying from you. What you have to understand, the important thing about volume is there'll be people will buy contracts on stocks that have zero volume on, you know, their contracts. And that means like no one's selling it, no one's buying it, right? So you're going to have a hard time, you know, unless that stock makes a really nice move and goes in the money, you're going to have a really hard time selling those options to someone because no one else is buying them. So you really, it's just, um, you know, you can't play options on everything. You really have to pick and choose and be careful on what you play options on, right? So Roblox has volume, the contracts, you know, they have, look at this volume, you know, 13,000, 3,000, like it has decent volume and open interest. That's what you really want to look for when playing options is the open interest and volume, just to make sure that if you get in, you're not going to have a hard time getting out. And just know, like, you know, if there's volume on the contracts, that's usually a good indication that the contracts are going to move well with the stock. So that's another good thing. Cause there's sometimes stocks that a stock will keep ripping, like, you know, rip 20% in a day and the options won't move because there's not enough volume backing it because I'd be so low. Yeah. I've definitely had that before with some smaller stocks that don't have the, the volume where it's like, what, what the hell the stocks up 5%, but my calls are either flat or they're down. Yeah. Um, but all right. So, so let's check out someone in the chat's asking to, to take a look at Corsair. Maybe we can head over to Corsair for a second, but I want to know, uh, kind of what else is on your watch list as well. All right. Yeah. So for Corsair, you know, I mainly, I added right here, so, or no, it was right here. We added right here. It bounced to 32, you know, bounced off our demand zone really well. You can see it was holding it for the longest time. And then it actually dropped under the demand zone. Now it's rejecting the demand zone. So that's kind of bearish right now. But, you know, I still have the stock in my Roth. I've been adding it. Um, you know, it fell after earnings. So, I mean, it's still a really good long-term stock in my opinion. Just like, you know, op playing options on it right now, especially with the market being so overvalued. Um, you know, I, I just can't justify playing options on it right now. Back then, you know, in July, I was able to, but you know, right now it's just not looking good. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, this is one that we've seen just some crazy volatility on as far as like the spikes way up and then it'll come down. Um, so yeah, it's definitely hard to get a gauge for like the personality of the stock when it's doing so many crazy things like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, another, like you asked like stocks that I'm looking at right now. So on my Twitter, I'm actually doing like a small account challenge, you know, where I'm trying to build like for, before we built um, a small $1,000 account to 10,000 in one week, uh, you know, trading SPX. I did that live on Twitch once. And then we did um, a 500 account challenge that went up 400% in under two weeks. And now people wanted me to do a hundred account challenge. So super small account challenge. And um, right now I'm looking for stocks to play on that. And right now, uh, you know, I'm really looking at the stock Sage. So the reason why is well first of all on the five minute had a decent setup but then it broke to the downside but on the daily you know it has that setup i really like that downtrend today when i was checking it out it was already above that downtrend so i'm waiting for this daily candle to close above for me to enter and then also they had um on this uh website called data roma they have um insider buying info and then their ceo and president bought one million dollars worth of their stock you know at when it's down 50 percent from its highs so, you know, that's also telling me that, you know, they might have they might have some news coming up. They're, you know, 
if the CEO is confident in the company to spend $1 million of his own money to buy his own stock, you know, that that's, that's very, very bullish. Uh, that's a bullish thesis for me. You know, that's all I need to know. And especially with the technical setup, you know, this can, this can really pop in the coming weeks. Um, so that's one number one on my list. I'm also really looking at MSTR. So um, if you guys follow me on Twitter, you guys know I played this on Friday. So I took a really large position on this for uh, 800 calls expiring this week. Uh, I took it over the weekend, which was, you know, stupid risky. Don't do that. But, you know, it gapped up from 700, some 750, like 40 to like 800 this morning. Uh, also because, you know, it follows Bitcoin. It moves like, you know, really, really nicely throughout, in, uh, you know, intraday. And also on the daily, it had this downtrend that it broke and it actually gapped up. So I actually took 112% on these calls. So MSTR, you know, I'm hoping it comes back to like 750 to retest that uh, breakout. And that would be really nice. And, you know, Bitcoin's running really well. So I'm also watching that. And then Riot right here has that sim, uh, that similar uh, breakout. It actually gapped over it. So right now I'm just hoping that it breaks 40 and then we can see 45 or like 44 in no time. So I'm actually going to take a position and like riot 45 calls probably for this week uh, because it looks like Bitcoin is getting its news back, you know, showing up on all these news outlets again. You know, it's it's starting to pick its uh, bull run momentum back up. So I'm really watching riot as well. So riot, MSTR and Sage are, are my bullish stocks. And then I'm actually bearish on one stock uh, that I have a short position in. So I'm looking at UPS. So the reason I'm looking at UPS is because they had this gap fill to the upside, you know, after they uh, lost on earth, they did their earnings, they fell, you know, it had this uptrend that it was holding, it broke that, you know, it broke, uh, initially I entered on this red candle, it broke there, but then they had a $5 billion buyback and, you know, back, uh, back above. And now it's rejecting that uptrend and coming back uh, to check out this gap fill it has from, 190 all the way down to 180. So once it initiates this gap fill, I expect this to, you know, like drop heavily, you know, like $10 move down to the downside UPS. Um, you know, that that's going to be a nice move uh, to catch, especially if the market's turning bearish. Um, that, that's why I'm mainly looking at stocks that don't follow the spy right now, like Riot and um, MSTR that follow Bitcoin because, you know, Bitcoin's running, but I'm not really bullish on too many stocks that are, you know, that follow the overall market trend. Um, so I'm really bearish on UPS as well. So those are like my, I think that was like four stocks that I'm looking at. Yeah, um, we got, we got Sage, we've got um, uh, Riot, we got UPS and we got, what was the last one? Corsair? Uh, no, Corsair. No, Monster. Was, Monster. Yeah, yeah, Monster. Um, and, and then real quick, Shinobi, how are you getting short UPS? Are you just buying puts? Are you actually shorting the stock? What's your strategy there? All right. So I actually have puts. I have the 180 puts for 820. Um, I have a decent size position in that, but then I'm also shorting the actual stock. I actually started shorting at around 193. So when it had that buyback, because historically speaking, you know, whenever it has these buybacks, in like two to three days, you know, it'll run up like five to 10%, then come back to its original price. So when I had that buyback news, I actually shorted the stock. And, um, you know, I took, I uh, covered at like 191. And then, you know, I'm about to, if it comes back over this uptrend, I'll take another short position, hopefully. Like, you know, it's rejecting here. I should have taken it, but I was too busy. But, you know, I'll take another short position there. But, you know, I'm mainly just looking at the puts because, you know, with shorts, I have, I constantly just stare at the stock, you know? Right. So, 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 so real quick for some of our, maybe our, our newer investors in the audience, 
what is the difference between just buying puts on a stock and then actually shorting the stock? And what is what are the kind of benefits of, of either way? All right. So buying puts on a stock is, you know, it's trading options. You're trading contracts. Uh, you guys already know what that is. You know, it's like when you're basically betting that the stock is going to go down, leveraging, you know, using options, uh, you basically go in with less money, all that, you know, yada, yada, yada. So, but shorting um, is basically when instead of buying an actual stock, you're actually selling the stock. So I think Bill Ackman had a, had a nice analogy. He's like, say your friend has a coin collection, right? Uh, the coin market's hot right now, but you think it's going to go down soon. You ask him to borrow his coins. Um, and, you know, in that case, your friend is the broker. You're borrowing the coins, you know, or shares, quote unquote, and then you're selling them, right? So say you sell those for a million dollars, right? And then a month later, the coin market drops. You buy those same coins back for 500,000. You give them back to your broker or your friend. And then, you know, you keep the difference, which is 500,000. So same thing here, you know, you're borrowing shares, you uh, sell them at a high price and then you buy them back lower. You know, you just, yeah. So that's the difference. And the benefits uh, for, um, you know, options is that they're just cheaper. Um, you know, that's, that's the nice part, but you know, they have expirations uh, for, you know, just straight shorting. You don't have to worry about expirations. You don't have to worry about the Greeks. It's just, you know, if the stock goes down, you're making money. That's, that's, it's just simple as that. And then, and then real quick, not for me, because I know the candles. I'm like a technical analysis guy. I just can't get enough of technical analysis. But how is a green candle really a red candle? Can we go over that one more time? Uh, on my How it's uh, on my chart right here? Yeah, is that, is that just on your chart? Uh, yeah, it's just on my chart. It's also the uh, if you go into settings, you go into appearance, you type in candle trend, it's going to show the same thing, right? So on uh, Thinkorswim. So the way my candles work, on this uh, indicator I'm using is if the stock is in an uptrend, it's going to show all the candles green. So it's, you know, visually appealing and, you know, it's easier to read. Uh, so all the green candles are just the hollow candles, all the red can. And you can see this was a red candle. This was a red candle. This was a red candle. The rest are green, right? But it's in an uptrend when it goes into a downtrend, you know, the hollow candles are still green candles, but the filled in candles are red candles. So it's showing you that the red is in a downtrend. Green is in an uptrend. So if I go into like the three week, right, you can see when it was in an uptrend, then went into a downtrend, then up, then down, then up, then down, then up, then down, right? Got it. Yeah. I, again, not for me. I get it. I get candles, but for maybe someone else out there. No, I'm just kidding. I, I just wanted some clarification on that. Um, yeah. All right. Going on. So, so we checked on UPS is your short right now. We're long monster. We are long sage. And uh, what was riot. the other one? riot? Yeah. yeah. And so, so what? I guess like my only concern on the riot trade is we've seen Bitcoin run up so much already, and Bitcoin and all cryptocurrencies are so volatile that if we get hit, if Bitcoin gets hit, say overnight tonight or tomorrow, where it goes down a few thousand bucks, then then riot will be trading lower, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's just the risk you take. You know, same with MSTR. MSTR over a th- uh, two thousand dollar move on Bitcoin went up $60. So almost a 10% move on MSTR, uh, which will, and that paid a hundred percent, right? So say Bitcoin dropped like $3,000, you know, those contracts would have been down very bad. So it's just a risk you take when trading options, uh, you know, especially on, you know, volatile com- uh, companies like that. Right now, I just think Bitcoin is going to make a uh, run to like 50,000 before it has a drop, you know, and if it drops, I'll load on some dips on, you know, these type of uh, sympathies. But 
I don't think Bitcoin's just going to hit like an odd number, like 47,000 or 46.5 and just completely clap itself back to 40K. I think it's going to go for 50 and then come back because, you know, most of the retail investors, they're, they want they have their limits set. Like, yo, when Bitcoin hits 50K, I'm going to sell it, you know? Right. So that's. Uh, I just, I was going to apologize. I said monster earlier for MSTR. It's micro strategy. Shinobi, come on, man. You, you should have corrected me. No, I call it monster too. <laughs> Everyone, you call it monster too. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone calls it monster, but um, you know, the stock is a monster. So I didn't, I didn't really mind. <laughs> I don't own the company. That's not, that's not my problem. Right. But yeah. MSTR is a really good move for intraday. Oh, also one more stock. I, I, I forgot to mention this. Futu. So Futu, look at the support. It's been holding at a hundred, right? So it's actually setting up really nice as well on the daily, not like the best, but right here you can see it's making this sort of like wedge shaped at this support and it's breaking out. If it can break above 120, this can be a nice move back up to, you know, 130, then gap fill to 135. So also keep Futu on your watch list. This could go either way over 120. I'm bullish under 100. I'm going to short the living crap out of it. Cause and look at do you think if we if we get above that 120 level and we break out to maybe where that previous green candle is at the 140, I mean what what's what's like the bull case? Can we get all the way back up to those previous all-time highs of 180? I mean, you know, that's that's when I'm already out of the play, you know. So though you know, what I'm looking at is, you know, this gap fill right here, right? This is what I'm looking at. And then I'm looking at this gap fill right here. So what I would do is once it breaks this 21 day moving average, you know, as you can see, it's, you know, had it as a resistance for a while when it breaks out, usually tends to run. So if it breaks this, you know, with nice volume, you know, you can see the candles picking up some volume. If it breaks over this 120 level, you know, I'm expecting it to go to 130 and then, you know, gap fill to 134. Once it hits like 133, 134, I'm already out, right? Then, you know, you look to re-enter back at this 152 to 160 level right then you just you trade it there rather than just holding it through this entire move you know because anything could happen right after a gap fills it could just completely drop again you know you always want to be collecting profits basically what you're doing when you hold it this long you're just selling to chasers right i don't i don't really want to hold all the way to 160 i think a move to 140 is already going to pay you know a decent amount but if it breaks that 160 level i do think it's going to hit 180 and you know, 180, you can see such a such a significant level as well. You know, if it breaks 180, we'll see 200. So it, the stock really likes to move by you know whole numbers like 120, 140, 160, 180. Uh, I don't know if that's just you know the psychological you know warfare going on with the stock, but you know it's a it's it's something to look out for. Yeah, I think it's always important kind of learning the, like the different personalities of stocks and how they've moved in the past. And we can use use that information about how a stock has moved in the past, not to necessarily predict the future, but just have an understanding of, of the way a stock is going to move. And it gives us an advantage in playing it. Yeah. And you mentioned you're, you were going to be short this stock. What's your signal to get in on the short side? Is it just if it can't get past that moving average? Yeah, so... Honestly, my short, I'm not, if it can't break past that moving average, that's not a good enough reason for me to, you know, take a put position or short it. Uh, I really want to see comp, I want to see a candle close under this 100 level, right? This 100.5, look at how well it holds. And, you know, if that happens, that means the rest of the market is also dropping. So if that happens, I'll be taking a short position. But you also have to see, you know, there's a 10 times better opportunity for, you know, a long position over 120. Look, look at that. Look at this 120 level, right? Every time, uh, let me pull out like my circle tool. Every time it comes to this level and bounces or, you know, it breaks out above that level. Look at how well it does, you know? 
So right here, you know, I'm watching that. Then look at the 140 level. It's the same thing. You know, these one these levels right here, this 140, 160, these levels act as such like they're so like important. You know, once like these 20s, uh, they move by 20. So, you know, if it breaks 140, expect it to move to like 159. If it moves from 120, expect it to go to 140 type of thing, you know? Yeah, and 100%. It's honestly like a really, really nice setup now that I'm looking at it. So I'm actually going to move this up to like, you know, a, over 120. I'll be taking a large position on it. It looks really, really good for a move to 140. And you're just worried that right now, kind of in the interim, in the meantime, that if it does, if it starts going down, then it's going to be less likely to make that move up, correct? Yeah. So if it, if it drops under 100, you know, it's going to it's going to have its own problems. You know, people have their limits set at 100 or their stop losses set at 100. So it's just going to, you know, basically market makers are probably just going to hunt stop losses after it breaks 100 and it's going to tank to like 80 most likely, you know, but you know, I'm, I'm really, really watching this 120 level right now because I, I have no, um, you can see, you know, how much volume it picked up, it picked up like 18 million volume when it actually had this insane drop under 100 and then wick back up. So actually dropped to 95. So, you know, if you're playing puts and a $5 move on a volatile stock like Futu would, you know, it would pay very well. So yeah, I, I really like it. And then uh, Shinobi, when you see a stock like this, that's like at a good level already, and then you see some consolidation, you see some trading sideways in the chart. What does that mean to you? Like, do you, do you like that? Is that a bad sign? Oh, I love it. So let me show you an example of um, one of my favorite plays I called. So Etsy, I called this, um, you know, like a, a while back, like in June, end of June, right? So it had a strong move down. It had this consolidation happening. So this tells you one of two things, right? Also, look, it had a high squeeze. So it's telling you one of two things. Either the stock is going to drop or it's going to, you know, when I mean drop, it's going to tank. Or, or it's going to, you know, just rally because that consolidation is just, it's just, it's in a high compression zone. You know, it's consolidating. That means buyers and sellers are fighting most when it breaks out, FOMO chasers are coming in. People are buying up algos are hitting. And then you can see the stock ran from 174 when it broke out all the way to like, it ran up basically 20% on a large cap like Etsy. That's awesome. Right. It ran up 20%, but you know, that's why I love consolidation because it just, poises the stock for like a large move you know and and that's just really good because you know you have a bunch of people shorting the stock here you have a bunch of people going long and then once you know it breaks that you know consolidation like the shorts understand like oh it just broke past this consolidation we're gonna have to cover they start covering fomo uh, kicks in people start buying algorithms start seeing a noticeable move they start kicking in you know this profit taking happens creates a bull flag boom so i, I really like to see sideways action happen on um you know, stocks that are at key levels because, you know, it's just showing that, you know, the stock is building up, um, you know, some momentum. It's just cooking something. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I like seeing the consolidation. I like seeing it trading sideways for a little bit. Um, I actually helped produce another show that's coming up next called Get Technical, where we really do. It's all about technical analysis, whereas Power Hour is more general. We do everything. Uh, but that's one of the things that we like to point out on Get Technical is we basically say the bigger the base uh, the bigger the move up. So like the longer a stock's been trading sideways, the more poised it is for a big move up. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 great. You know, it's it's things like this, you know, newer investors have a hard time understanding because there's so much, you know, background knowledge that goes into you have to understand why the stock's trading. People be like, oh, why is the stock trading sideways? 
you know, it's because you have to understand, you know, the market's made up of people, right? People and algorithms. Algorithms are fighting each other. People are fighting each other. Some people are buying, some people are selling, right? So when it's moving that sideways direction, it's not because it's being manipulated more so. It's more so that, you know, people are looking at these levels. You know, one thing I want everyone who's on the show right now to understand is technicals only work because everyone uses them, right? 21 or the VWAP wouldn't be, you know, uh, used as support or resistance if people didn't consider it that, right? People's stop losses are, the if it breaks under VWAP, I'm selling, right? If it goes over VWAP, I'm hopping in, right? That's the reason technicals work. So when it breaks above VWAP, people start buying the stock and it shoots up. If it breaks under VWAP, it's not necessarily because the VWAP is this magical line. It's because people, it you know, it, it, it drops, you know, hold up. I just got a message. I'm sorry. I got oh, you're good. But that line, you know, if it breaks under, then everyone's selling, you know, it's, it's controlled by people. That's why VWAP worked. That's why these consolidation levels work. People bought right when it broke 175 here because that was the top of this uh, consolidation. You see what happens, you know, when it breaks past support, like right here, you know, under 190, people are like, oh, if it goes under 190, I'm going to sell. It sells, it drops down to 154, you know, because so many people are selling, you know, it's just things like that. Like this bull flag, people are like, okay, well, I'm going to wait for it to break above this bull flag. When it does, I'll buy the stock. When that happens, it runs up in like another 10%, you know? hundred percent. Yeah. And I just realized we, I don't think I've had you on get technical before, but we got to get you on since you are, you're one of my favorite technical analysis guys to like watch and listen about how, how you're finding these stocks and when you're going to get into them. So let me know. Uh, we do that show kind of starting right now, actually. So we do got to wrap up. Yeah, man, dude, just let me know. Uh, will do. Will do. Um, all right, Shinobi. Well, thank you for hopping on the Power Hour again today. I do have your Twitter in the description. Um, and if you're here for, for Shinobi, if you're part of the Shinobi Army, smash the like. Uh, we got some great trade ideas today between uh, MicroStrategy, Riot, Sage, uh, a short position on UPS. So, so the, the trade ideas were flying out of the chat. Shinobi's in the chat. The, the Twitter, you know, I'll, I'll make it easy. I'll drop your Twitter link in the chat as well as in the description. Um, and again, smash the like if you got some value out of Shinobi coming on the on the show today. Uh, hopefully, you guys learned something. But yeah, yo, give uh, give give my homie a follow too. You know, he deserves it. Yo, get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple: we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.